You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Dave Ammons. Uh, well, happy Thanksgiving, guys. I absolutely love this time period of the year, year, like Eddie and them said. Now, a good portion of it, I do love the history, but Eddie is wrong about one thing. I do absolutely love food. And Bo and Alice have a gift around marriage. I have a gift of eating. Very, very good. And so in the office here just a little bit ago, we were uh, talking about all the different things that we're going to be eating. One of, the, one of my friends was telling about how they're going to do nothing but appetizers this year, okay? And so I was like, okay, great. I got the first house I'm going to be hitting up in the morning. It's going to be awesome. And then I got another friend who's going to be doing some breakfast. I was like, oh, okay, great. Actually, I'm going to start there first, and then I'll go to appetizer guy, and then we'll end with some turkey. Any other ideas you guys have, please just pass me away. I'm going to make some rounds throughout all of Cathedral. It's kind of my own tasting tour around the entire church. So just pass those. My email is davidcathedralemail.com. Just give me any and all ideas. Pass the recipes on, but I'm ready for some Thanksgiving time period with you guys. Um, Well, anyways, like I said, happy Thanksgiving. Um, I have a message for you that's centered all around this whole Thanksgiving process. Um, And you know what's interesting around Thanksgiving is this whole thing of, you know, a lot of people know know of Thanksgiving, but not a lot of people know about Thanksgiving. Uh, And this was really me. This was me about nine years ago, and I got really, really intrigued with the whole story of Thanksgiving. And I really, really set out, I said, I really want to know the meaning, the true meaning and purpose behind what Thanksgiving is, what the story was, and what I thought was really going to be a really quick Wikipedia search ended up really years of research and reading different books, uh, even finding one book that had a, a, a lot of the original journal entries of the Pilgrims of Squanto. Um, you know, there's not a ton of information out there, but it's great to get the firsthand source of what's going on. And I think the thing that I loved overall that I found so surprising, uh, because they just simply just did not teach this kind of stuff in high school. They didn't teach this in the histories of the college that I went to, but was this overwhelming sense of their dependence on God this entire journey. Y'all, they had some messed up situations going on, but every step of the journey, they had this mindset of this dependence on God that was absolutely incredible uh, to read about, to hear how they responded to different situations. Um, And really a part of the original meaning and purpose of Thanksgiving was not just about that God provided for them. Okay, because the original context of Thanksgiving was William Bradford set out to make a day of Thanksgiving and praise. Okay, so yes, did they have this whole process of being extremely thankful for what God had done? Yes. I mean, he had saved them in so many miraculous ways that they had so much to be thankful for. Uh, They had so much to be thankful for Squanto's life and all the hardships that he went through. Um, Listen, at one point... On their journey, you know, they landed here in winter, which was the hardest part of the time period to ever land in America. They're going through uh, a harsh winter, okay? And they land here, and they start getting sick. They don't have a lot of energy. They don't have a lot of food. They've already gone through it. You realize that they were losing a family member every single day. I think it was February 18th was the biggest day of death in their tribe, which they lost four people in one day. So so the devastation that they were going through was absolutely unbelievable. I can't honestly imagine how hard that really must have been. And so when they get through summer, you know, they they met up with Squanto like that amazing video just told us about. And 
guys, they, they planted 20 acres of corn. Uh, he taught them how to catch lobster, how to sh uh, hunt for deer, how to find eel in the rivers and tributaries there. Um, he, he showed them so many different things. And so you fast forward through one growing season, summer is done, and yeah, they had so much to be thankful for. But there's this other part of the equation. It wasn't just about how God provided, but there was this praise section that they wanted to do. You said, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know that part. What, what, what part were they praising? They were partly praising because they were alive. Okay, so that's part of the praise and the celebration part. But here's what the true celebration centered around was the fact that God called the pilgrims to come to America for a very specific for, um, reason. They came for not only religious freedom, but the ability to spread God's word. And so that's the praise part and the true original meaning of what Thanksgiving and this day of Thanksgiving and praise was that the fact that, yes, I'm thankful, but God, I get to continue spreading your word in this new land. Okay. And now what's interesting is you pair that up with what our understanding of the word holiday. Okay. That word gets tossed around a lot, right? We have a lot of holidays in the calendar. Well, what does holiday mean? Split the word in half and you got holla and then you got day. Okay. More simply, you have holy. Okay. So the word holy means set apart. Our holy Bible, it's a Bible, it's a book that is set apart. So these days that we celebrate, these days that we remember are simply just this. They're days that we set aside, so our entire country is getting ready to set aside a day. Many people don't realize what they're setting aside, but they're setting aside a day to remember of all the ways that God provided for this amazing nation to be founded and be formed, okay? And also all of God's provisions and how he provides for us personally in the day to day. But we're also all celebrating the fact that we truly get to live our lives for God and to spread his word, to spread his message. That's what's actually happening on Thursday. Okay, so hopefully that enlightens you a little bit. And so what I really wanna do today is I wanna talk through this characteristic of one quality that really defines this day. It defines not only today, but Squanto is defined by this. The pilgrims are defined by this. And it's this quality of thankfulness. So that's what it's gonna center um, around. And if you were here with us a couple weeks ago, the last time I spoke, I gave you and taught you through this parable, this parable where we really have a decision that Jesus was giving us. He said, are you gonna build your house on the rock, right? Or are we gonna build our house on the sand? Well, if you just go up one short verse right above that, Jesus gives us another parable simply titled the parable of the trees, okay? Not a very hard parable to understand, but I think it has some good implications for us today now that we have this understanding of what they went through. But before we get into the text, let me ask you a question. If you plant a lemon tree, okay? If you plant a lemon tree, what are you gonna get? Strawberries. No, not strawberries, we're gonna get lemons. Oh, okay, Marlene, hold on. You mean if I plant a watermelon, I'm gonna get a watermelon? Come on. If I plant an apple tree, I'm gonna get an apple? See, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, let me ask you one more question. Did you know that you can't fool God? Okay, maybe not a question, more of a statement, but regardless, you get the point, okay? Y you can't fool God. Now, we all try because it's really hard sometimes. We don't like even God to know the innermost part of our being sometimes. And so we try to hide and we think that for a second, maybe God's not omniscient and omnipresent and knows everything that's going on, right? Now, not a defense mechanism, 
but you do get it honestly. Your grandparents, Adam and Eve, first action, they're hiding. They messed up, they're hiding, okay? Now, they did pass that trait down for every generation to try to work out the details. And that's part of why we do it. It's part of our human nature, okay? So now that you have that context, let's get into the actual verse. Here's what it says. Uh, this is verse number 43 in Luke chapter 6. It says, no good tree bears bad fruit. The very nature that you are a good tree means that you're going to have good fruit. You're not going to have bad fruit. The same is true in the opposite way. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own what? Fruit. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. Okay, now he's going to get to the analogy part of this verse. Listen. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the mouth, out of the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, you better watch your mouth. Yeah, uh-huh. Turn to your other neighbor say, okay, I'll try. Can't guarantee. But here in this verse, we get this picture of how important the condition of our heart is. That's really at the essence of what this scripture is trying uh, to communicate to us. Uh, in other words, it's one thing for you to be thankful. It's one thing for you to be grateful. And from time to time, you may even do it to other people, Right? But the real concern here is what is the core condition of your heart? Because out of your mouth, these, these things called words come out. Out of your mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You get a picture of what's on the inside of us. Sometimes not so good. But scripture is showing us right here in this verse that every single day, every single situation, we get an opportunity and we have a choice. Are we going to be the person that is defined by gratitude, defined by this, this thankfulness, right? Defined by maybe you're, you're, you're that person everybody goes to and says, oh my God, he is so thankful for everything that he has. God, I thank you for everything that you have done in my life. Or are we going to match what is more typical of the world, of the society around us, right? And what does that sound like? That sounds like more of, of, of an ungrateful person. A lot of what you hear in society, maybe at your job, is whining and complaining literally about everything because you're never going to satisfy me in who I am. It's a part of our human nature. Me and Macy went out of town not too long ago. Uh, we stopped in this gas station where we were in for about 10 to 15 minutes. And I'll never forget because it was so interesting. These two ladies were sitting there talking and they nonstop griped and complained about the fact that they had to work. It just intrigued the fire out of me. I'm thinking, good night. Aren't you happy that you got a job, right? But they have a different kind of thinking happening in their head. And listen, you may not realize this, but this kind of character of whining and complaining is not only hypocritical because of how much God has done for every single one of us, the very nature of that kind of, of outlook is a hypocritical uh, nature because of God, when we sit down and really think about how good God has been to us. I mean, you start even what he did 2,000 years ago and, and you're done, you don't have to think about anything else. So it's a hypocritical nature to begin with. But I don't think that we understand that this actually, when, when we let this set inside of us, there's actually some really heavy side effects to this. Another way to say it, there's, there's heavy spiritual side effects when you let this take root inside of yourself. 
And the fallout, I'm telling you guys, church, you do not want this in your life at all. And so what I want to do is I'm going to show you guys just what that fallout looks like a little bit. A couple of verses in Proverbs, and I want you to know that there's a whole lot more all throughout the Bible, but I think this will give you an idea of what the fallout is and why we do not want this in our lives, why we don't want this kind of thinking operating as a value system of who we are and how we operate, okay? Proverbs 12, 25 says this. It says anxiety, it says this, this type of thinking, right? Anxiety weighs the heart down. And anybody who's ever had anxiety, you know how heavy that feeling is and how much it really truly can weigh you down. Anxiety weighs the heart down, but a kind word does what? Cheers it up. You see this opposite effect and the, and the power of what really happens with it. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4 says this, that a soothing tongue is the tree of life. Isn't it amazing to be around awesome people? Like people who are nice. It's rare. It's getting more rare. It's like, it's like Sasquatch. He's it's, it's hard to find these days, you know? But isn't it great to be around someone who can speak life into you? And even better when it happens on a day that you kind of don't have all this happening in a good direction. Maybe your thinking is not the greatest. And then that person comes up to you and says, Dave, you know what? You're a great guy. Let me, let me tell you what I know about you. And man, by the end of a conversation, why? Because a soothing tongue, what does scripture say? It's the tree of life. That's why it's so good to be around those kind of people. But what's the opposite? Because a pervasive tongue, a, a perverse tongue, what does it do? It crushes the spirit. Proverbs 17, verse 22 says this, a cheerful heart, this kind of thinking is a good medicine. But how about that crushed spirit? What does it do? That crushed spirit dries up the bones. Hmm. N notice that it doesn't say that it dries up your skin. I mean, this, we're not talking about ashy skin here, right? No, 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 no. Why? Because this isn't a surface issue. This isn't a, and this is really kind of crazy. When, I, when this first came up, it really actually kind of caught me off guard because I don't think we give this topic the weight that it deserves. I think, oh, great, we got a happy Thanksgiving. That's awesome. And yeah, I want to be a thankful person. But we do, we give it the weight of understanding that the effects of being ungrateful, the effects of, of, of being unthankful or cynical or negative always it's almost like you have these 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 glasses on this negative vision on it the effects of it go all the way to the core the scripture says that it dries up your bones wow you see if you're not careful a life of whining a life of of, of complaining a life of unthankfulness not only will people just not want to be around you because who wants to be around a miserable sucker right but listen, it will literally begin to suck the spiritual life right out inside of you. That's what scripture is communicating to us. It will dry up your bones. And, and here's the illusion of what happens. And I've seen this happen to some really good people. I've, I've seen this happen to good friends of mine and I hate to see when it begins to take root because here's the illusion is that there could be some an amazing things going on in your life. You could have some great things happening in your life. And from the outside, you would say, Man, it literally seems like God's hand is just on them. All this kind of great stuff, and you'll never see it. Why? 
because you've developed this negative attitude and allowed it to start to take root. This this ungrateful attitude. And what ends up happening is it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy, right? And all you see is the negative. And it becomes harder and harder for you to take off those glasses that are just a negative vision. You know, I can bring two people in here for this service this morning or any service throughout the any weekend. One person will come in here and they got these negative glasses on and they're going to find something wrong. I got a nick on the wall over here and they're just ticked that we didn't paint that thing, right? Or I got dust bunnies down here. Every once in a while we get some dust bunnies right there. Why in the world would you take care of that dust? Or we get, we're singing, how great was worship this morning? What? Come on. But a negative mindset could hear the one person that got off key. Thankfully, I can't hear that, so I think every song's great, okay? But you can hear that one thing getting off key, or, or, or maybe the, the scripture that I'm saying from, from my notes doesn't match up up here. And before long, you can leave a service going, man, they don't even got their act together. Now, I got another person coming in here who experiences amazing worship. Here's a great word from God. And you can leave going, you know what, God? You're absolutely right. I needed that message and I can't wait to put it involved in my life and to see the fruit of what I just heard this morning. See how drastic these two things are? There's power in our thinking. There's power in this mindset. See, the thing that you got to understand is that God doesn't want that kind of life. He doesn't want a, 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 a negative, pessimistic outline for us. In fact, he wants the complete opposite in operating, not only in our life, but he really wants that for every single one of you this Thanksgiving. And I think that's what I love about the fact that stuff like this comes up every year because it's such a great reminder of really the true meaning of what God put us on this earth for. And so what I want to do quickly for you guys is I want to take you through the book of Colossians, okay? Because I want you to get a good understanding of a a biblical understanding of why thankfulness is so important and the power of what it does in my life, okay? Now, some of you just gave me big bug eyes. I know how far we are in the service, and I just told you that I'm going to take you through an entire book of the Bible. I'm going to do it really fast, okay? There's four chapters, Okay, so I need you to hang with four chapters. I'm gonna give you a point per chapter. And here's the reason why is because with each of the four chapters, another dimension of, of healthy, God-glorifying gratitude is revealed as we go along, okay? So before we get into it, let me give you some context of why he wrote this book, okay? Paul is writing to a church. This is the Colossian church, the people of Colossae, and he's addressing the heresy that was happening And he was really addressing an early form of Gnosticism. Say, Dave, what is that? Here's what he was hoping to expose, is that this thinking that the people had that Jesus was not fully God and he's not fully man. Basically what they're communicating is Jesus, right, was not able, he didn't have the ability or the authority to meet the needs of the people. And so it wasn't that they didn't recognize Jesus, it just recognized that he was one of the many mere semi-spiritual people of that day. So get in line, Jesus, I'll pick you if I, if I have a use for you. That's what he's fighting, okay? So that's what he's going through, that's who's, he, who's addressing, but let me give you some context into the author of this book, okay? This is Paul, um, and because every, for all intents and purposes, Paul had every right to gripe and complain. Uh, he had a very hard life. Uh, in fact, let me give it to you. Out of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you can just write that down if you want to see everything in the context. Uh, but he gives an account for the many hardships that he had to endure. Remember the uh, 40 lashes that Jesus had to endure? Remember that part right before he was crucified? 
Paul had to endure that, minus one, so 39 lashes, five times, okay? They got tired of that, I guess, and they started to beat him with rods. Three times they beat him with rods. He still hung around. He's, he's a hard person. They tried stoning him, okay? The list goes on and on and on, from shipwrecks to imprisonments. I mean, you name it. He had every right to gripe and complain. And despite the many real reasons to be angry, despite all these reasons to be foul and down in the dumps, woe is me, right? He had every right. But what you're going to find so fascinating is Paul remained supernaturally grateful. And what's also interesting is at this point, just for context of writing this, uh, this letter, Paul had never vid- visited the people of Colossae. He'd never been to the church in Colossians, okay? Because it was an outgrowth success of the church in Ephesians, okay? So he'd been to Ephesians. It grew so big. They had an outgrowth. He'd never been there. And he couldn't even get there. Why? He's stuck in prison, okay? Don't think of a nice prison with three square meals, okay? This is a hole in the earth being chained in basic darkness. This is where he is, okay? Despite all of this, despite the false teachings that he's hearing about that as from a pastor's heart would have absolutely broken him to hear that a church that was an outgrowth of his ministry would have been doing this. And despite all the great motivation to grumble or complain, I want you to listen to how he opens the the book of Colossians, because he opens it with absolute profound thankfulness. This is Colossians chapter one, verse three, and it says, we always thank God. I'd love for you to think that your pastor sitting up here would be that kind. But with all that going on, I don't know that that is how I would start off a letter that if we had so much success, we had a church over in Goose Creek doing some crazy stuff. I'd be like, listen up. I got all this going on, shape up. But that's not how he starts, right? Y'all can believe that if Goose Creek, Goose Creek behaves like that, right? Y'all can laugh, it's church, it's okay. But I love that and I wanted to give you that context because if that's how he responds, don't you think we can learn a thing or two about how to do this thing called life with, a, with an attitude of gratefulness, with an attitude of thanksgiving, okay? Let's dive in. Here's a few thoughts. The first insight that we see from Paul is he says, you gotta pray for it. You gotta pray for it. Now, listen to me. You don't have to pray to be able to do it. You can tap into it every once in a while. But if you wanna be good at it, Paul tells us you have to pray for it. Why? Because it's not our typical response. It's not our first response. Thankfulness is not a natural thing. What's the first thing that once our kids can start talking, what do we try to get them to do? Hey, little Baylor, what do you say? Say. Do y'all, don't, y'all don't teach that? No? All right, tough crowd. All right, here we go. But thankfulness is not natural. It's not natural to count it all joy. Eddie, if you just found out right now in the front row that you won the lottery. Joy. 100%. I wouldn't even have to try to convince you. You'd be hollering, interrupting, doing all kind of great stuff, right? Now, it's easy on that front, right? But, but what about when things are not going good in your life, right? What, what about when, when you feel like you've been persecuted? Or, or, or what if you feel like you've been overlooked at your job? overlooked in, in, in your relationship that you have with people. Oh man, I am so glad that you picked to promote that person and not me, I am so thankful. God, yes, I was really hoping you would pick them and not me. No, no, it's not natural, right? 
You know, we've been in a family series, and, and, and I, I would love that everybody had this amazing God-centered family, but it's just not the reality. And you may be out there and say, man, I got a jacked-up family. That's hard for me to listen to all this kind of stuff. How hard is it when you have a jacked-up brother to say, God, you know what? Thank you so much for my brother. I just love him so much. He's jacked up. I can't really stand him, but I'm thankful that he's my brother. No, it's not natural, right? Listen, this is uh, verse number nine, first chapter. Here's what Paul's telling you. He's wanting the people of Colossae to understand, hey, you got to pray for this thing. Here's what it says. For the reason we also, since the day that we heard about it, listen, we haven't stopped praying for you guys. And here's what he's praying to them. I ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and in spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, and as a result of that, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and longsuffering with joy. He continues to pray. And what does he say? Give what? Thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. Normal responses to things and circumstances in our life our disappointment, our anxiety, our, and, and grumbling, and so on and so on. Giving thanks is not a natural, normal thing. But Paul says, hey, if you want this to be your first response, if you want to stand out in the world as something different, you got to pray for it. Verse 10 that we just read actually confirms that because it says, hey, when you do this, let me tell you what happens. Because that now becomes a walk that is worthy of, of the Lord. Wow. Remember, this is not a topic that I think we give a lot of weight to, but he's very clearly telling us, hey, when, when you give weight to this and you pray for it, that that's going to be the very thing that is going to be a walk that is worthy of the Lord, pleasing to him. I don't know about you, but that, that, that kind of blew my mind. That was a mind shift for me of how important this topic really kind of is. Second insight that we get is this. Thankfulness is our spiritual bodyguard. Colossians chapter two, verse eight says this, um, and really this, is, this has been a central theme for us in the last couple series that we've been in, okay? When I start reading this verse or you start reading it yourself, you'll know that you've seen this verse a lot, but it's also the, the central theme of the entire book of Colossians. So you can see that there's some similar worlds going on in societies back in then and in our time today. Here's what it says. He's trying to get their attention. He says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophies and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. You say, okay, Dave, I, uh, I don't know that I'm really picking up the correlation of how thankfulness is a spiritual bodyguard in that verse. You're going to have to really pull something out for me, okay? For that, let's go one verse before that. Because this, what thankfulness does is what the verse that we just read. But let's go to the verse before. This is verse 6. And it says, as you therefore have received Christ. So we've received Christ. So walk in it. Walk in him. Get rooted in him. Get built up in him. And be established in the faith as you have been taught. And the way that you do that is by abounding in it with what? Thanksgiving. So part of guarding against the false philosophies of the day, right, it seems is that it's, it's tied to this grateful mindset. And it even goes one step further. It says abounding in it, looking for opportunities to be, well, I'm abounding in thankfulness, right? 
And I contend that one of the strategies that we need to have in guarding our hearts and our minds is this, whether it's the false philosophies, and there's plenty of them in our day, okay? Or whether it's the, the, the messed up thinking that we have, okay? I contend to you that one of the greatest strategies that we need to have is relentlessly giving thanks to God. And in God's grace, not only will thankfulness be on the inside of us and who we are, but it becomes sort of this visual that I get of this spiritual wall around us, guarding us, protecting us, giving us fresh vision, a positive vision of how God can use us. There's powerful, because there's no doubt, honestly, there's really no doubt. If you think about everything that's going on, there's no doubt uh, of, of the false teachings that are out there and just how dangerous and how available they are. It was a lot back then and, and is still this, the truth today. But he gives us something that we can use that, that is this spiritual wall. And I look around so many folks and how many people have really lowered, right, their defenses to human thinking and human deception. But clearly right here, he, the scripture is giving us this strategy for protecting our hearts and minds against the very thing that the enemy tries to play into our life and surround us within our life. And that's relentlessly giving thanks to God. Thankfulness can and will be your spiritual bodyguard. Give it a try. All right, we're nearing the end of the letter that Paul uh, began, uh, is giving to the Colossians, and he begins to, to stress um, just how vital these characteristics of thankfulness are to have in our life, okay? And the image that we get is that thankfulness needs to really invade every part of who we are. Here's the image that I get is, have you ever had a conversation with somebody and you can really tell they really want you to understand something? And like they... They don't think you understand, so they tell you 82 times in a matter of like three sentences, right? Nobody, anybody have that kind of conversation? Typically it's with our parents, right? They really wanna make sure that you get this whole thing. Well, this is the image that you get of Paul. It's like by the end of chapter three, you're like, okay, dude, I get it. Like thankfulness is important, okay? This is uh, verse number 15 in, in uh, Colossians three. So now we're in the third chapter. He says, also let Christ's peace control you. God has called you into this peace by bringing you into one body. You're experiencing that right now. Be thankful. Let Christ's word with all of its wisdom and richness live in you. Use psalms, hymns, spiritual songs to teach and instruct yourself about God's kindness. Sing to God in your hearts. Everything that you say or do should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving what? thanks to God the Father through him. And so this theme of being thankful is being driven home over and over. Church, if you want peace to rule in your heart, how do you do it? You do it with thankfulness. You want praise to rise up on the inside of you? You, you do it with thankfulness. Let everything that you say, let everything that you do, let everything that you think, you do it with thankfulness. And I think that gives weight to the last insight that I think Paul gives to us, which is point number four, last insight is thankfulness requires vigilance. This last insight comes from chapter four, verse two, simply says this, continue earnestly in prayer. I love how he ends the same exact way he started. He says, listen, I pray, I don't stop praying for you and let me remind you, continue earnestly in prayer 
being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Now, you may think that thankfulness just pops up as a result of maybe God answering some prayers, right? Maybe you've been praying about something and God answers, it just pops up, right? Just, oh yeah, I'm thankful. Maybe you've been praying for God to provide for you and it just happens and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful. Or maybe you don't know how you're gonna get yourself out of trouble and everybody knows that our prayer life gets a little bit better when we don't see a way out. And so as a result, you got out of trouble without any harm, you can be a little thankful. Let me contend something to you, church, because I think thankfulness is much more than a side effect of good things happening in our life. I think what scripture is very clearly communicating to us through the book of Colossians is this, is that thankfulness is actually a spiritual discipline, just like prayer, just like faith, I mean, how much does the Bible talk about love and how important that is? Church, I think what I'm trying to say is that I think this, this, this book right here is letting us know how important this topic is. And it requires effort. It requires intentionality. It requires exactly what scripture says, which just says it requires vigilance. You say, well, Dave, how, how does this look in my life? Give me some practical things. I, I jotted down some things for us to kind of think through. When you're tired of all the COVID junk, right? Tired of dealing with it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Don't bring it up. What do you do? You give thanks. When you're tired of all the political stuff that's happening, all the political upheaval that, are, that is dominating our day, listen, we're not even in midterms. They, they're just getting cranked, okay? But when you're tired of it, what do you do? You give thanks. How about when you're just genuinely actually sick. Like you're just, I, I'm, I'm sick, I don't feel good. If you're anything like me, who in the world is tired of allergies? I, allergies have been atrocious. I, I literally carry a, a bottle of uh, eye drops. Like I'm tired of it. But when you're sick and tired of it, what do you do? You give thanks. H how about when life is or isn't going the way that you want it to go? What do you do? You give thanks, right? When relationships in your life aren't where you want them to be, what do you do? You give thanks. When Thanksgiving with your in-laws is not going great and all you want to do is leave, I want you to remember this moment because it may happen in four days. But what do you do exactly in that moment? You give thanks. You give thanks. So church, I hope today that you've seen the importance that the Bible puts on your heart, uh, uh, the, the heart of a thankful person, and just really truly how important and big it can be and impact our lives. And so here's how we're gonna end the service, is y'all receive some cards on the way in, right? Okay, if you didn't, just raise your hand, one of the guest service folks will get one to you. But I could have handed those out on the way out. Okay, I could have handed them at the door, but here's what I know what would happen. 80% of you would either throw it in the trash, put it in your car, or let it on your countertop and never do anything with it. I don't say that to make you feel guilty, it's just what we do, okay? I say it to, under, to communicate to you the value that I'm placing on it of creating space in our life to implement what we say. Y'all all know my favorite verse in scripture, which is James 4.8. I say it all the time, can't stop speaking about it, but it's this simple verse that says, draw close to God 
and he'll draw close to you. Well, we just spent an hour drawing close to God under worship and hearing this message. And so simply, I just want to give us some space for now God to draw close to us. And I don't know how this is going to look in your life because I don't think we're, just, we're going to do a worship song. I don't know that you're going to have time to write an entire thank you note unless you're that quick. But maybe you take the time to write a list of people that you're thankful for. Maybe you take some time to list out all the things of how God has blessed you and impacted your life. And I don't know what you're going to do with it. Maybe this week you take that list of people and you call them and say, hey, I just want to let you know what you mean to me. I want you to know that you had this kind of impact and watch what happens to them. Maybe, maybe this week you take that group of names and you, and you begin to text them, right? Hey, I don't know if you know, but I just want to say thank you for what you did in my life. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me that day. Thank you for taking the time to come over to my house and dig me out of the ditch, right? Maybe we communicate that. Maybe some of you guys email your in-laws that you're getting ready to go visit. Let them know how thankful you are and how much you appreciate them letting you come over this Thanksgiving and watch how differently they respond to you this Thanksgiving, right? I don't know how it's gonna look for you guys, just a couple examples, but I wanna give us some space of a quick song for us to enjoy this worship song, have a conversation with God. Would you enjoy this moment? Let's worship. Church, I, I just hope that this morning maybe we've had a, a mind shift of truly what God wants to do with us this Thanksgiving. You know, every time we dive into his word, it's just a powerful way that he transforms us every single time. And I think that's what I love so much. Every single time you dive into God's word, he's got a message for every single one of us exactly where you are. Every time you do it, he'll, he'll reveal a new word. You know, I ended by saying how Paul was telling us that thankfulness requires vigilance. And then catch this, the next verse after telling us that it requires vigilance, he takes it to a whole nother level. I mean, as if it wasn't surprising enough that Paul could write this entire letter so thankful with the conditions that he's in. Because don't forget, he's in prison, right? And that's what he produces. But then he goes next level on us and shows us in one verse how he uses all of his pain, all of the suffering that he was going through in his life, and turns it into a divine invitation to be used by God. This is verse number three, listen to this. He's saying, hey, 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 I know I've given you a lot of things, right? I've given you a lot of instructions, but can, can I remind you, can, don't, don't forget about, don't forget about me. Can, can I ask you to do one thing? Hey, will you pray for me? Pray, pray for us that God may open a door for our message, that we may proclaim the mysteries of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. What? Wow. Yeah. Thankfulness has that kind of power. Thankfulness has that kind of effect in your life. Church, let's let this Thanksgiving be a reminder of how, truly how thankful we are and how thankful we are of everything that God has done in our lives. Amen? You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.